I love Christmas and um, I love the chance to come together and to celebrate as a family and to celebrate Jesus. And you know, there are all sorts of different things, aren't there, which have sprung up around this celebration of Jesus, some of which kind of make sense and some of which doesn't. But you know, one of the traditions that has sprung up that I imagine lots of you here are looking forward to is the giving and receiving of presents. Uh, how many of you are looking forward to, to getting some presents in a few days' time? I imagine quite a few of you are looking forward to getting some presents, um, which is great fun. And, and I was given a present. Sometimes you get given presents early, don't you? Um, and I was given a present early just a few days ago. And, um, and I want to share my present with you. Um, give you a few clues as to what it might be. My present that I was given is something edible which, as far as I'm concerned, is always a good start. And it is something that you would naturally associate with Christmas. So that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Where can you go wrong? So here's my present that I was given. Brussels sprout bites. It says, a flavor of Christmas with an added crunch. Doesn't that just sound so appetizing and so appealing? So um, I thought maybe we could start Christmas dinner a little bit early. Uh, I'm going to open these up and pass them around. And anyone who's brave enough, you just help yourself and um, I grab one and give them a try. But, uh, I can't claim that Brussels sprouts are one of my favorites, so, uh, so they probably wouldn't go far that far with me. You know, but we love um, giving presents and receiving presents at Christmas time, don't we? And um, whether we always get what we want or we, we don't, it, it, in some ways, just the anticipation of, of receiving a present and unwrapping it and discovering what it is, there's a, there's a joy just in that anticipation um, in, in terms of the presents and things, isn't there? And I just want to, for a few minutes before we kind of finish, I just want to uh, kind of take over and carry on from where our brilliant detective mouse, uh, Teresa, left us with trying to unpack something of the mystery of who Jesus is. And so we're going to do that by having a look at unwrapping um, three different presents. So I've got a, I need a volunteer to help me unwrap my first present. Joshua, I think you were the first one with your hands up. So coming up here, mate. Brilliant. So here is the present I want you to unwrap. So why don't you stand here so everybody can see you and unwrap that and we will see what is inside. Okay, what have you got? You hold it up for everybody to see? Okay, what, what, let's see. Let me grab a microphone for you. Where's the microphone gone? You've got it there. Thank you. Okay. So what have you got, Joshua? Can you tell everybody what you've got? Jesus? No, no, no. no. What, what's this? Uh... What is it? Anyone want to give Joshua a hand? What's this? It's a baby. Fantastic. Okay, Joshua, if this is a clue to help us solve something of the mystery of who Jesus is, yeah, what do you think it might be trying to tell us? That he's a baby. That Jesus became a baby? Yeah. yeah, I reckon that's a good start. And what else did you get in your present? A note. A note. Do you feel brave enough to read that or do you want me to read it? I can read it. Okay, well, these, this word's taken from Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7. Why don't we give Joshua a round of applause? He can grab a seat. Well done, Joshua. So these are words taken from Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7. It says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being born uh, being made in human likeness. 
And, you know, I think these are kind of words and this whole idea of, of Jesus becoming a baby is something that we become so familiar with and we just kind of take for granted and it's just part of this story. But, you know, actually it's one of the most amazing things that has ever happened. You know, and, and I think we, we sometimes just need to try and put ourselves in God's shoes for a moment to, to begin to understand and realize why it's so amazing. And, and to help you do that, then I want you to, to imagine for a moment that I was holding, I didn't bring a live one, I thought some of you might not like that, but if I was holding in my hand a slimy, wriggly worm, and I said to you, what I want you to do is I want you to give up all of the advantages that you have from being human and to become like, to take on the nature of this worm. That wouldn't be particularly pleasant, would it? And that would be pretty shocking if you heard about a person who decided they were going to give up all of the advantages of being human to become like a worm. You'd find that pretty shocking. But you know, that doesn't even begin to compare to the way that God humbled himself. When he said, I'm going to become like you. I want to draw close to you. I want to become human and leave the glory of heaven, leave all of the advantages that I have in being God and become like you. Take on the very nature that you have as a human being. It doesn't even begin to compare to the idea of us wanting to become like a slimy, wriggly worm. And that's really what it means that that God so wanted relationship with you that he was willing to draw close to you, that he was willing to become God with us, Emmanuel, to draw close to us, to become like us as as a little baby, giving up all the advantages of what it is to be God, simply so that he could know you and so that you could know him. Okay, I need another volunteer. Someone else going to volunteer for me? Mimi, you've not been up here yet. Come on up, Mimi. Okay, I've got a present for you to unwrap now too. Here we go. Let's see what you got. Unwrap that one. Okay, and hold it up for everybody to see. Okay, and who have you got there? Spider-Man. Spider-Man, very good. Okay, why do you think, if this is a clue as to who Jesus is, why do you think Spider-Man might be in there? Superhero. The superhero. And what do superheroes do? Save people. They save people. Very good. And you've got a note in that. Are you brave enough to read that one for me? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well done. So this is from John chapter 3 verse 16. Go for it, Mimi. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amazing. Brilliant. Why don't we give Mimi a round of applause? Great stuff. You see, what motivated God to give up the advantages of who he was and to become like us? What motivated God to humble himself even more than the idea of us becoming like a slimy, wriggly worm is the fact that he loved you and that he loved me. That his love for us was so much that he was willing to give all of that up to come close to us. That he was, he, he sees the, the brokenness in our lives. He sees some of the hurt and the pain and the struggles and the difficulties we go through. And he loves us so much that he says, I want to do something about it. And I can't do something about it while staying apart from you. So I want to draw close to you. I want to come into the midst of it with you in order to rescue you and to lift you up out of it. 
You know, he, he, he says, I, I see that not only is there brokenness within you, but because of all of the mistakes you make, because of the mess that goes on, because of the sin in your life, there's a brokenness in our relationship. There's a brokenness between us. And I can't do anything but about that by staying up here. And so I'm going to draw close to you. I'll enter into the mess. I'll enter into the brokenness because I love you. And I want to lift you up out of it and rescue you from it. I'll enter into it so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be washed clean, so that you can have hope, so that you can have a relationship with me. And I'm willing to leave all of the glory of heaven to make that possible because I love you and I want that relationship with you. You know, we, we sang just a few minutes ago, Enjoy to the World. Um, we, we sang um, how Jesus comes to make his blessing flow far as the curse is found. You know, and, and wherever it is that we see the, the outworking of the curse, and sometimes that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It feels like we are living in a world that is under a curse, that is full of sorrow and pain. It can feel like that in our lives sometimes. And the reality is that that's the situation we're in. That we are living in a world that is under a curse. And God said, I love you so much that I want to rescue you from out of that curse. And I want you to be able to step into and experience my blessing. I want my blessing to flow far as the curse is found. Okay, one last volunteer. I've got one more present. Uh, let's have one of you guys. You guys aren't normally here, so come on up and introduce yourself. Let me know who you are. Okay. I've got one more present. You'll have to tell me your name. So, what's your name? Sky. Sky. Great to have you here, Sky. So, I've got a present for you to open. Here you go. Let's find out what's inside. Okay, what have you got there? Do you want to hold it up and tell us what you think it is? Little figurine. A little figurine. What kind of figurine is it? Can you tell? tell? No. No? What's he got on his head? A crown. A crown. Who normally wears a crown? King. A king. I think it's a good guess. Yeah. So, okay, so we've got a king here. And have you got a note in there as well? Are you feeling brave to read that? Yeah? Well done. Okay, so uh, these words then are taken from Matthew 2, uh, verse 2. Here's Sky. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jaws? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Amazing. Well done. Let's give Sky a round of applause. Thank you, Sky. Fantastic. And that's a question which is asked by the Magi. Uh, so the Magi come along and they ask this question, where is the king of the Jews? Because we want to come and we want to worship him. And I love the fact that the Magi are included in the Christmas story because they've got no reason to be there. They're not Jews. They're not from the nation of Israel. We don't get anything to do with them anywhere else in the Bible. We get these strange outsiders who God has appeared to through this star and said, I want to make myself known to you. And then you get the Magi say, we want to come and we want to acknowledge Jesus as our king. And we want to worship him and we want to know him. And so as we celebrate Christmas, we get to celebrate not only that God is with us as Emmanuel, not only the fact that he wants to rescue us and draw us out of the place of being under a curse and into his blessing, but he invites us to, to like the, the Magi, acknowledge him as king, to, to acknowledge him as, as the one that we want to, to worship. And he says, when you respond to that invitation, 
When you will bow the knee to me, that's the moment when not only will you get to know about me, but you will get to experience what it is to have me with you. That's the moment when you will know God with you. That's the moment when you will know what it is to step out from being under the curse of this world and into the blessing of my relationship with me. To receive forgiveness for every wrong thing that you've ever done or ever said or ever thought. And he sends his Holy Spirit because he says, not only do I want to be God with you, but I want to be God in you. To comfort you, strengthen you, to guide you, to help you. In every moment of your life. So that you can have hope. Not only now but for all eternity. And all I'm asking you to do. Is to bow the knee and acknowledge me as king. And that's an invitation that is open to every single one of us today. To make Jesus the king of our lives. Either for the first time or to bow the knee and acknowledge him as king again. That we would know not only God with us, but we would know God in us. That we would know Jesus as our rescuer, lifting us up, lifting our spirits where, where we felt crushed, where we felt hurt, where we were struggling to see ahead what the future holds, rescuing us and lifting us up out of that situation. Know that even in the seasons that are painful, even in the seasons that are hard, that we would know that the curse never has the last word. That we would know that because of Christmas, not only do we celebrate at Christmas what God has done, not only do we celebrate the fact that he's drawn close to us and he loves us and we can have relationship with him and he's our rescuer, but we we celebrate at Christmas this sense of anticipation of the opening of the presents. We celebrate at Christmas the anticipation that the best is yet to come. That the curse never has the last word. That we can look forward to a time when not only do we get to experience the blessings of God in part, but we get to experience them in full. When we don't only just see Jesus a little bit and kind of get a bit of a relationship with him, but we get to see him face to face. And we get to have the fullness and intimacy of relationship with him. And so as as we celebrate Christmas, we have this amazing hope. This hope that is available to every single one of us here, that is available to every single person on this planet who will acknowledge Jesus as the King of Kings and bow the knee to him. And so as we finish, I'm going to ask um, Anna and Heidi, and they're going to come and do a, a performance for us. They're going to come and dance and, and, uh, and put on a performance for us. And during their performance, as you watch them, and as you kind of enjoy what they're doing, as you listen to the music and allow the music to speak to you, I want to encourage you in the midst of it to respond to Jesus this year. To respond to him and to acknowledge him as king. To invite him to come and be God, not only with you, but in you. To come and for you to experience something of him as your rescuer, lifting you up and giving you hope. And if you want to respond to Jesus for the first time today, then I want to encourage you. It's a great opportunity to do that. And we would love to give you a little gift of a booklet called Why Jesus, um, so that you can kind of read and find out a bit more about what it means to follow Jesus. And Alpha would be a fantastic thing for you next year. Um, or chat to someone who invited you along and, and let them know, let them talk to you and pray with you in terms of that. Don't waste this opportunity in terms of responding to Jesus this morning. But I'm going to pray. And then Anna and Heidi are going to come and they're going to perform a a dance for us.
Lord Jesus, we want to thank you. Thank you that as we celebrate Christmas, as we celebrate with all of the fun and the food and the gifts and family and all the different things that go on, that Jesus, we are able to in this celebrate you. The whole reason is because of you. That we're able to celebrate the fact that you draw close to us. That we get to celebrate the fact that you love us. That you get to, we get to celebrate the fact that you want to rescue us and give us hope. And that as we celebrate, Lord, that, that all of the joy of Christmas is just a, a faint shadow compared to the joy that we have waiting for us in heaven. That it's a reminder to us in the midst of every season as we, we take time out and we, we, we rejoice and we celebrate. It's a reminder to us that the curse of this world will never have the last word. That we have a hope in you that is sure and certain and that we can look forward to. As he says, I pray that you would come by your spirit now and you would encourage and you would refresh and you would meet with every single person here. And you would help us to come back to that place of bowing the knee to you and acknowledging you as our king. In Jesus' name, amen.